I Hear You podcast with Adele Cleveland and Alex McFarlow is coming back at you. We're so glad you're listening. We've got a great show today, and I do want to remind everybody that um, we are online. You can find us at IHearYou.show. And we appreciate you telling people about this, forwarding, let your social media circle of friends know about the podcast. We think a lot of uh, the content is um, beneficial and certainly thought-provoking. We also have these coffee mugs, the I Hear You swag, the dog tags. And so you can help support this and thousands of people are listening. And, you know, we're getting a lot of really good feedback. So if you would uh, follow us and like us and share us and support us and all that kind of good stuff as part of the I Hear You family, we sure would appreciate that. And again, I hear you dot show. But Odell, my friend, good to see you. And uh, hey, aren't you glad spring is here? Man, I tell you what, the older I get now, all of a sudden I like spring, but something about this pollen. Usually it never bothers me. Me and my wife walks a lot and, you know, trying trying to move this fat around, Alex, trying to trying oh, to be man. slim and trim and just trying to get trying to look like you, Alex. I want that Alex McFarlane body. That's what I want. I want to look like Alex. Listen, you do not want that. You, do you I know you played football. You look like a football player. I played basketball. I thought you played football. No, I played basketball, but it's all right. Go ahead. But I still want the Alex McFarlane no, body. Alex is carrying around 20 pounds of COVID quarantine weight. And you need to pray for me because okay. I'm going to. But you know what? I've been watching the carbs and uh, I am glad spring is here because I love the outdoors. I love. Uh, and this relates to a question I want to throw out. Uh-huh. Because uh, David in Georgia uh-huh. uh, and David, thank you for listening. He's asking about cookouts because, you know, we're, we talk about race and culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah. white culture does some things. Black culture does some things. To be honest, I never noticed this. But David from Georgia wants to know why do when you have the, the family barbecue, the cookout. All right. Black people cook out in the front yard. White people cook out in the backyard. Hmm. And uh, first of all, is that. Do you think that's the case? If you're going to have the barbecue, do you do it in the front yard? Uh, you know, David and Georgia, great question. I, to be honest with you, I never even thought about it, man. It's like cookout in the front yard or cookout in the backyard because I've been to both. You know, I don't miss a cookout because that's one of my favorite things. And I think I'm a great uh, person to smoke and everything else like that. Smoke, 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 Alex. Smoke the meat. Smoke at the cookout, Alex. Smoke was, at the cookout. You scared me there. Because when a black like, man say smoke, then, you know, man, come on, Alex. Come on. Now, Colorado and Maine, they, oh, yeah. they okay. legalized all that, but not in North Carolina. So that's why you keep going to Colorado and Maine. Okay. No. But to, to get to David's question is this. I never really thought about it, but if I had to give an answer, it's like, I don't even think people think about it now. One thing, when I go to my quote unquote rich black friends houses, they have the whole setup of the deck and everything in the backyard. Uh, They're grilling um, vegetables and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Now, when I go to my not so rich black folks uh, cookout. We got lawn chairs. We got chair chairs. We got everything in the front yard wide open. It ain't no vegetable being grilled, baby. It's meat. It's meat. It's chicken. Uh, not really steak because, you know, black folks don't do too much steak. Steak's kind of expensive. We have ribs, spare ribs. Based on socioeconomics, you have country ribs. You know, it's the difference between spare ribs and country ribs. We grew up in the project, so we had spare ribs. And all you really did was eat, were eating bones. You know, you eating bones and stuff like that. But the whole idea, man, of just having families together, black families together, 
it's a, it's a good thing. But I never really thought, David, I never really thought about the front yard or the backyard. But what I do know, to my well-off, upper-middle-class, middle-class, rich black friends, oh, no, no, no. It ain't going to be no barbecue in the front yard. None of that. It's going to be in the backyard, by the pool, on the deck, and all those kind of good stuff. So, David, my friend... If you have a cookout down in Georgia, I don't know if you're white or black, and you want to invite the good-looking, slim and trim black guy, I will eat in the front yard, David, or the backyard. It doesn't matter as long as the cookout is good and everybody having a good time because, man, cookouts are just great. And especially after COVID, we're going to be outside, man, the music loud. Wait a minute. David, in your neighborhood, can a black man play the music loud or is that going to be a problem? Don't know. Let well, us know, David. That might be a future question for a future show. That might be a few, question for a future show according to what kind of music, right? I'm looking forward to the day that we have the big I Hear Ya national tailgate party and we all gather somewhere and we cook out. But I got to ask you, coleslaw or no coleslaw? Oh, man. Why so hard? I didn't like coleslaw. Black folk, you should ask the question, potato salad or no potato salad? Absolutely yes on the potato salad and absolutely thumbs up on the coleslaw. How about a watermelon? How about a watermelon? Now, there's got to be question with this one now. You're talking about fried chicken and watermelon I at the cookout. Watermelon. Is the difference between a cookout and a picnic? You understand the difference now? No, I did not. You Tell don't me. know the difference between a cookout School and a picnic? me, man. Teach me. Oh, man, Alex. The picnic is one thing. And it's a history there. And the cookout is another thing. But I know, you know, it's a great question that one of the listening audience sent. And it sent it to Odell, the good looking black guy. And this is what it says, because this is the day for audiences. And this is Eric from North Carolina. Don't know if Eric. Well, I do know Eric is white because of the question. Eric says, Dear Odell, last week I took our 10 year old daughter to watch our older son play high school football. It was a special since we haven't seen him play in more than a year due to COVID. Our special time became difficult when two men sat behind us and started using the N-word. We teach our children that word is inappropriate and means towards black people. When I turned around to see the men, I saw they were black. Why is it okay for black people to use the N-word? I believe it's in mixed messages and the incident was confusing for my daughter. Thank you, Eric from North Carolina. Eric, Eric, Eric. Thank you for this question, because when you start thinking about I hear you, this is the type of things that we want to talk about. You know, I agree with you that I don't believe that the N-word is ever accepted or should have been used. And I don't want to apologize for the two gentlemen behind you who is using the N-word, but I want to apologize for a special moment with your daughter was ruined by someone else's miscarriage of using the word. But again, they do have their First Amendment rights because, you know, people believe in that. And they believe in the Second Amendment is right, too. But we keep going. But the N-word is a very loaded word, is a very charged word. And I cannot defend it and I will not defend it. But I'll say this. I have many friends who use the N-word. At one time in my life, I used the N-word. I think that sometimes the N-word has been used against me. I think that based on how it's presented, and I know this doesn't make any sense to you, Eric, but this is the truth. 
how it's presented. It could be presented in a sense of anger. When someone call you that, that provokes anger in you. I think you notice if you are a frequent listener, we talked about when I was in third grade, how the white students doing integration would mimic the N word and how it was just rage. It just took over me. And then later on, as a man now, I tried to not allow that word to control me the way it used to control control me. Now you said, Odell, if it took rage all over you, then why would you? Or why would someone like you, you all call each other something that rages you? And you're absolutely right. Because when last time I checked, Jewish people didn't use the K word or Italian Americans didn't use the W word or Asian Americans didn't use the G word. But why do black people keep using the N word? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, Alice jumping in there. Alice, I, I didn't even finish. Alice, go ahead and jump in there. No, no, go no. ahead. We do a tag I'm team. With because you. as a as my white friend, and just remember, Alice, when you talk and get emotional, make sure that you say in word. Don't get carried away. Not gonna use that word. I think. Let, let me let me see if I understand it correctly. Because it's a very demeaning word. Uh, I think the person that would use that word. Um, and and I realize because I've overheard a lot of uh, black people throw that word around and we certainly hear it in, in music. Have you ever used it, Alex? Honest to God, my hand to the Lord, I have not. In your whole life, you've never used the N word? Uh, I mean, in the course of discussion, but I have never said to a black person, you are uh, an N word. OK, I have All not. Right. Here's the thing. I was in a grocery store probably 10 years ago in the Mexican food section and you I saw a can and it surprised me frijoles negros uh-huh. n-e-g-r-o-s well mm-hmm. latin word meaning black uh-huh. so black beans I was in fifth grade at Pleasant Garden Elementary School and we were studying the globe and in West Africa there's a river called the Niger River N-I-G-E-R very familiar and there was a student and he was reading his project and he didn't pronounce it Niger. Right. And everybody snickered. And about the third or fourth time he did, clearly he was just yanking everybody's chain. And the teacher, my fifth grade teacher, said, that's enough. But it went on. Um, so, I mean, I, I've always known of this word. But my mother would have severely reprimanded us and probably give me my sister and myself a bad whipping. But yeah, I've heard it. Um, I, I shared one time I was at some gas station and I heard some white guy with just oozing condescension, say that word to somebody. And it just, um, language is powerful. I mean, language is very powerful. And so here's the conflict in the mind of a white person. I, I, I get it. If if I were trying to demean somebody, dehumanize somebody, devalue and rob a person, a black person of all dignity, that that is the most dehumanizing word I can think of. So I wouldn't want to do that. I might say I disagree with you. Uh, you're wrong on this. point. We could argue something all day long. I cannot under any circumstance envision myself using that word at a black person. So it is a puzzlement to us white guys why you all would use that word to each other. Exactly. And it's a puzzlement, too, because we can use the word 
as a sense of endurement. And I know this doesn't make any sense, but we're talking about things that don't make sense, right? Because right. you said as a white person, I hear you use the word amongst yourselves, calling each other, that's my end, or this is this, or in uh, please, or all these things. You, you hear those things, and you're like, does it make you uncomfortable when you hear here, like like Eric. Eric said he's uncomfortable. He looked behind and two black guys are just throwing the N-word around like it makes me uncomfortable when I'm, I'm looking at something and I hear people call the B-word, you know, because now that's the fancy thing now. The uh, B- uh, among women. Uh, kind, not really. Well, around a lot of people. Or the, the H-word, the, the garden hole, W-H, you know, that word, mm-hmm. that word, that mm-hmm. word, that word, that yeah. word. I don't want to spell it. You know, it's not that I can't spell it for my people out there. He doesn't even know how to spell it. I know how to spell it. I choose not to. I choose not to. So now, with all that being said, <laughs> it, it's interesting. And I have, I have a client. Everybody know I have a consultant business, and I'm not trying to do a shameless plug. But I have a client, and one of the clients is called Maximize. And this client is interesting because it's an interracial couple. Um, and I talked to them about it because I tried to do my research talking to real people. Is Matthew and Rahel. Rahel is from Tanzania, and then she moved from Tanzania to Europe and from Europe to United States. And I was asking her and asking him on a call this morning, what do you think about the N-word? And they both just looked at each other and laughed and said, we have that conversation all the time, Odell, because I'm white. He's from uh, Utah. And I'm like, Utah? And he says, I grew up and my mother was just really racist. And my father was more accepting, but my mother was real racist. And I said, you know, well, Rahel, tell me about the word. And she says, we never heard that word in Tanzania. And she said, I barely heard it in Europe. She says, when you come to America, that's a word. And she said this. She says, you only put offense when you take offense. Talking about the word. She says, you only put offense. And that's her language, not mine. When you take offense. So at the end of that, I said, hmm. I'm going to use that on my podcast today. Is that okay with you? They said, sure, no problem, as long as you mention our company name. So I'll use the company name again, Maximize. That helps in leadership development. Now, back to black folk calling each other the N-word. I totally disagree with it, and I totally accept it at the same time. What I want white people to understand is that don't think that you're – the person who used that word is some ignorant, uneducated black person or whatever term you may use for black people, whether whatever is a thug or whatever. I have people who I associated with who are millionaires who use the word. Sometimes I'm shocked that that word came out of somebody's mouth and they'll say, Odell, you're my uh, and, and they mean it like you, my man, you, my man. And I'm like, hmm. And then you say, Alex, you say, well, Odell, if he said that, would you correct him? Did you correct him? And it's a fair question. Ask me the question, Alex. Ask me the question. Did you correct them? No, I didn't, Alex. I didn't correct them. Just like when I asked you, did you ever use the N-word? I didn't correct them. You know, because we were having a conversation. Not only would it imply. Isn't that hypocritical? Am I a hypocrite, Alex? Am I your hypocritical, good-looking, black friend? Well, only you and the Lord know that. Come on, I, I, so everything can't be the Lord. Now that's no, no. I know I will, audience I will, gonna get upset. Alex' default is 
The Lord will take care of it. I, I will brother. quickly tell you, I'm your hip- hypocritical white friend. No, no, don't go there with me. But, but, but just but, the N word is very much hypocritical in so many ways. And let's talk about it. Let's not talk around it, Alex. Let's I, have I, a I good conversation. You, I, I really would say that respectfully, calmly, but clearly, you, you ought to correct each other on it, I think. Because it implies a couple of things. First of all, I think the N-word is very demeaning and dehumanizing. But the other thing is it implies that one person owns another person. If you're my N, Uh and the idea of one human owning a human is abhorrent. So, So I would love to see the black community get away from that word entirely. And the white community, and this is not a what what aboutism. So my thought was immediately being defensive and say, be nice if the white community quit using that word too. But that's not true. So I'm not being defensive. I'm being open. So I'm going to lean in and embrace what you said. The fact that you're absolutely right. In addition to you being right, the person who chooses to say, Odell, you're my end as a sense of endurement. It's like he or she has the right to say that, too. Now, Odell don't use that word. Odell doesn't. Have I used it before? Yes. So it's like, do I say to him, do I say to my friend, hey, man, don't use that word. Now, what I have done. So just make me half of a hypocrite, Alex. I have people who used it on Facebook on a post. On one of my posts, I'm like, nah, bruh. I said, but I send a little message. Nah, nah, you got to take that off. You can't use that word on my post. Right. But all that kind of stuff. You, you don't want so, that so, in your profile. Nah, not at all. But help me, Alice. Help your hypocritical, black, good-looking black friend. And I'm not making light of the subject, but the N-word is so charged that if we're not careful, that's the word that could blow everything up. That's the word that used to cause Odell to get in the fight in the middle of the classroom. That's the word that's caused a lot of people to die over word. So if we stop using it, the word would die. If we take the power away from the word, how does one see themselves? Because how you see yourself is usually how you conduct yourself. And some have said, well, by black people using the word, they take the authority away from white people and neutralize the word. Mm, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't buy all that. I don't buy it. I think people use it because they want to use it. Help me, my white friend who never used the word. Help me understand from a white person's perspective, because you can't come from a black person's perspective, but I would love for me and the listening audience to hear from a white person's perspective on what do you think when you hear black people calling themselves the N-word, not what do you think when you hear a white person call a black person the N-word? We understand that. But what we want to talk about, what Eric said was when black people call each other the N-word is confusing to his 10-year-old daughter. So let's make sure we stay on focus and talk to Eric about what Eric did. So what do you think as a white person when you hear it and go from there? And when you hear the rap music, because you hear it all the time. You go to Walmart, you get a certain version. They call it a sanitized version where it's not in here. And then it's the real version because certain words they don't play on the radio. But as a white person... Be as honest with me as you can without using the word altogether because we ain't that honest and help me understand. <laughs> what do you think, sir? Well, it makes my heart heavy when I hear it. And I, I'm going to tell you why. Um, and I, this comes a little bit from just watching people, but from counseling a lot of people, too. Even when people use a word uh, in jest, uh, they oftentimes they, they, they think and they feel. So whenever I hear that word, It makes my heart heavy because I think that word is very dehumanizing. Believe it or not, the highest compliment 
we could ever give somebody. We could say, you're handsome, you're accomplished, you're, you've achieved things. But you know what? I so believe in the dignity of every human being. And so when I see people dehumanized, that's one of the reasons that I don't, um, I, I, I grieve over the pornography industry because it's very dehumanizing. Okay. Now, I heard a story one time, actually, um, do you remember the preacher was on TV, Robert Schuler years ago? Yes. He was a, and he tells a story of in Hong Kong, there was a tattoo shop and there was all these tattoos and one was loser. And he asked the guy, he goes, loser? So somebody would get loser tattooed mm-hmm. on themselves. Does anybody ever ask for that? Mm-hmm. And the tattoo man goes, yeah. And he goes, why would anybody tattoo on their skin the word loser? And the tattoo man said, uh, before that word is on their skin, it's on their heart. Mm. And heaven forbid anybody thinks of themselves as a loser. Even though um, in the black community, they might use it as a term of endearment and say, you're my in. Deep down, and, and I've, I've had young people say, you know, man, I'm just a screw up. I would say, no, you're not. Look, you might have made some mistakes, but no, you're not a screw up. Whatever happened in the past is not your future and your destiny. Because I believe regardless of the crap we go through in life, there can always be a better day. Did you say crap? I know. Forgive me. But listen, there can always be a better day. There can be. Alice, a, you, you hang around these black people too much, man. You start to say crap and stuff like that. They're like, Odell is messing you up, man. No. That's what happened when you start. Is, is it the blackness in me or the Democrat in me? What part did you listen to? It might be the Democrat in me. There you go. I'm mad. I'm mad. You already told me Nancy Pelosi and Dr. <laughs> Fauci are your bring, heroes. I didn't bring Nancy's name up. I didn't bring her up, but go ahead, sir. So when even in jest or whatever, or just sparring with each other behind closed doors if blacks call fellow blacks the N-word. It grieves me because deep down on some level, you're telling yourself a lie. No, you are not a loser. No, you are not owned by anybody but the good Lord who created you. God alone possesses us. And so I would, and I tell kids, I tell couples that I've counseled, I say, look, Don't tell yourself lies about yourself. Believe the best about yourself. Believe, regardless of whatever the past might have involved, that God can give you a a fresh start today and a better future tomorrow. And so I would like to see that word forgotten from the human lexicon because it's a word that there is no positive connotation whatsoever. Okay. Now, I interesting, strangely enough, I agree with a lot you just said. Not everything. So let me let me kind of go back from my perspective. What some black people would tell me, friends of mine would say, we don't see ourselves that way. I remember as a kid growing up, it was a song, little nursery rhyme. We would say, "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch an N word by the toe. If he hollers, let him go." Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, not rendered that way, but okay. yes, I've heard it. Though. So, so what did you hear? Did you hear the eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Catch a engine by the toe. It's always catch somebody. It's catch ca- something by the toe. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a robin by the toe or no, something. Oh, ain't no 
Robin. No, a Alex. robber or Robin the bird? Uh, the bird. Oh, Alex. See, Alex, uh, Alex, y'all had that sanitized. How catch do you a pigeon the by the toe or something. How do you get the pigeon and I got catch the inward by the toe? If he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, miny moe. Now. I didn't hear it that way. Okay. So, and you didn't have barbecue in the front yard either. No, we didn't. We had coleslaw and hamburgers in the backyard. Okay. Thank you. Now, think about this. As a black person who said to themselves, and I'm talking about black people from every spectrum, from those who are homeless to those who are billionaires, you may hear that word. You may hear that word. And now, not all, but some, and they may use it in a sense of endurement. So I don't see that individual, he or she, thinking that they're depressed or anything, that's just a word for them that they choose to use. Now, you have rappers and you have others who have words. And it's interesting that sometime I'm driving up and down the highway and the little cool white boy with the hat turned backwards is just blasting some kind of music. And then he looks up and the N-word just happened to come up. And I'm looking, I hear the word and I turn immediately to look at him. And he turned immediately to look at me like, it's just a song. I didn't say it. It's the song. Now, he didn't say that, but his eyes said that. So it's almost like the sensitivity, the charge of the word and everything else. And it's like, does that mean they're cool? Did you you hear the word wicker? I never heard that one. That sounds that sound a whole lot like the N word to me. Now, I don't know much, Alex, but that sounds like a lot. So you have to say that carefully to me because I don't want to miss, miss, miss screw what you're saying. So uh, back in the late ni- well, early to late 90s, I was youth pastor in a very nice part of Greensboro. And there were the guys that would come to youth group that were the white guys from Page and Grimsley. But they they dressed like they were in a rap video. Oh, oh, you talking about white? Oh, that's what you mean. And, and white so, boy trying to act black? Exactly. And oh, so one, yeah, one of my I heard youth, that word. I, I'm sorry. Took it out of context. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so one of my youth said to me, um, this one, one, three or four guys that, you know, they look kind of like Eminem wannabes. You know what I'm saying? Eminem. I like Eminem. I like Eminem. I think I like Eminem, but go ahead. Well, um, imagine if Justin Bieber were trying to be Eminem only not nearly as masculine. All right. And this youth said, that's, and I'm only repeating what youth said in the mid-90s. Be careful, be careful, Alex. Make sure you pronounce the W the right way. Help me. They, they said, he runs around with all the wiggers. W-I-G-G-E-R, I suppose. I later came to understand Page and Grimsley. These are upscale schools, but the white guys, the middle school and high school guys that wanted to go around acting like they were tough and everything, but they tried to act black. That was a word they used. And I said, well, in the Friendly Avenue Youth Group, we're not going to use that word. And we're, we're just here to have fun and learn about the Lord. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let me wait. Wait a minute. Listen, audience. Wait a minute, Alice. Let me understand. I think. My friend Alex McFarlane took away someone's First Amendment rights to say a word. Not my Alex. Not my Alex. I, I just can't accept that. Not my Alex. Not my Alex. But help, help me, Alex. Help me. Because like King Agrippa, you always had me. Help me, Alex. Well, the reason that I was always trying to teach my youth to pursue truth 
but also to give grace. And the Bible says, you know, Paul said, if I make my brother stumble, I'm not going to do this as long as the world stands. And you know all about that in the book of Acts. And so I urge my youth, just like I didn't like girls using the B word at each other. B, what are you saying? And I said, look, one of our core beliefs in this youth group is that you're made in God's image. You have worth, value, dignity as a person. Um, Now, we hash out ideas. And you know me, I'm very conservative theologically. Hey, hey, I remember, I know you, To Kill a Mockingbird, Huck Finn. I mean. So I was trying to, I urge my youth not to use that word. Now, they these white guys that are 13 and trying to dress like rappers, I'm like, whatever. When we're 13, we all do stupid stuff. But my point was, I wanted to cultivate a culture of respect. Got it. That's what I was after. You know, it's interesting that that word is so powerful, not wigger, the N word. It usually has a visceral response. And what I mean by that is like a physical reaction to a non-physical experience and emotion. And it could be, you know, the product of one's lived experience. You know, the point is, it's got to roll uncomfortable in an innate way. So all of a sudden, when you start thinking about it, you don't know the response because Early on in my life, my response was, if you said it, that's it. It's a fight. It's a fight. And we used to say, it's a fight, it's a fight, an N-word and a white. You ever heard that term before you, I, Alex? I've not. You're not. Dog, Alex, you ain't heard any of those and, things, And I've huh? been around. Man. You, you, you've been around? Okay. You've been around a lot of black folk, but okay. We'll I never that heard that right. But Richard Pryor, do you remember the comedian Richard Pryor? Oh man, Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, who says, you go downtown looking for justice and all you see is just us. Meaning that you go downtown looking for justice and all you see is black people, just us. But go ahead. Tell me Richard Pryor's story. I, I mean, I remember years and years and years ago, like on Johnny Carson, you know, this way before Jay Leno, Richard Pryor would use that word. He even used it on an album cover. I don't know. I'm I'm going way back here. But like as as a, a black man, when somebody like a Richard Pryor would use the word, I remember um years later they asked him about it. And he was like, I'm a comedian. Come on, I'm a comedian. But I'm like, yeah, but words have power. Words mean things. You might be a comedian. Do you remember when Sammy Davis Jr. was put down, made fun of by the Rat Pack. Do you remember that? Or does that even make sense to you what I just said? Oh, I'm very familiar with Sammy Davis Jr. and the Rat Pack. Um, Who was the leader of the Rat Pack? Probably Frank Sinatra. Okay. So I see Frank Sinatra, love him, great person, blase, blase. But when it came to race, I see Frank Sinatra is like I see some of my good old people way, way, way on the left who has a Black Lives Matter sign on their front yard, but don't know any black people and black people not in their lives. Now, Frank Sinatra did great things for Sammy Davis Jr.'s career. He opened up all kinds of doors and we're thankful for that. But did you think he ever saw Sammy Davis Jr. as being equal? Probably not. Did Sammy Davis Jr., you think, saw himself as an N-word? Oh, certainly not. I would think not. I mean, he... um, T- famous, talented, very cool. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr. was was cool. Okay. I, I, if anybody was a together person who knew who they were, I would think it would have been him. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. You know, but but I will say this. Okay, you got Dean Martin, uh, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra, 
Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop. I I got to tell you, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I think Sammy Davis Jr. was in that group as a token. So, there you go. So you see what I'm saying? There you go. And we're not saying right or wrong, audience, because this is just our thought. But what I will say is that when black people use the N-word, some may say it's self-hate. I don't believe so. I don't that, believe that's the word I was looking for. Okay, so so if that's the case, then it's going to be a psychological evaluation of one mental state of mind that if they use the N word, then the self hate. And I think I have a lot of black bro- brothers. Brother, you know it's interesting. I was in uh, Panera Bread the other day, <laughs> and someone it. came to me and said, "Hey, man." Brother, I mean, it's almost like this brother thing is a big deal. It's interesting how what people pick up, but it's not self-hate. Do Odell like it? No. Do Odell agree with it? No. Um, to Eric, you know, no, Eric, I, I'm sorry you had that experience with your 10 year old daughter, but I don't have the answer because as people of color, I don't use it, but I couldn't tell the guy behind you. I wouldn't have went to him and say, Hey, brothers, Quit using that word. I wouldn't have done that. So you said, Odell, you're complicit. You said silence is complicit. You know, all this kind of stuff. You're absolutely right. You say, Odell, is a double standard. I see it as a double standard. You're absolutely right. You say, Odell, I see you as being hypocritical when it comes to the N-word. You're absolutely right. So I'm sorry that you're right. But just because you're right don't mean I'm wrong. Right. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean the two men behind you are wrong. It's that's just one of those things in America right now that we're just dealing with. So how one uses a word, how words evolve over time. I'm not a fan of the N word. I think it's horrible. I think it's wrong. However, when that gentleman says, Odell, you're my end, I'm like, I get it. I know exactly what he meant. I I felt what he meant. And I accepted what he meant, and I even agreed to what he said, what he meant. Not the word he used, but what it meant. But I did not say, nah, man, don't use that word for me anyway, any shape, any form. So, Alex, what do you think about your good-looking, slim and trim friend? Well, uh, something else that um, would make me uncomfortable if somebody said, hey, uh, you're my boy. In, in the yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. But I, I say that all the time. Yo, you, you're my man or oh, you're yeah. my boy because it was one time you're absolutely right. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did. So I'm going to be quiet. But you're right. It was a time when black people were very, sens- very sensitive to being called a boy or a man. That was a big deal. So you're absolutely right. And so you said, Dog Odell, y'all some sensitive people. Well, you know, I, just so everybody know, Alex got this big old smile on his face, this big old smile on his face, getting ready to. And I'm, I'm talking so he get ready to frame his words because Alex is politically correct sometimes and old L is not. But let me let you all know about Alex. Alex is a good dude, a good dude. And you're like, why you call me a me. dude, man? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good I'm dude. A evangel- evangelical white uh, Republican far right. And you telling me a dude. Yes, Alex, you are my dude. I gratefully accept that. You you know what's a beautiful thing? I mean, there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. Cockiness is is distasteful. We've all seen people that are arrogant, cocky. We don't like that. But confidence is a very inspiring thing. And I mentioned, it seemed like Sammy Davis Jr. knew who he was, right? I've met a lot of people that you just cannot help but respect them because I think about a dear, dear Christian man. He used to come around and his um, his name was Burnell McLaughlin. And he was a devout Christian man. He was he was a black gentleman. 
And, you know, we had the chicken farm for 68 years. We were in the egg business. So you ever had you ever stepped in chicken poop? Oh, I probably still have chicken poop under my toenails now, uh, even though it's been 25 years since we shut the chicken farm down. Odell went to a Methodist church somewhere in Greensboro, and he was a deacon and he was the Sunday school. Wait, you said Odell. Now, every black person is not Odell. What I'm was the black sorry. guy's name, Alex? Burnell McLaughlin. Thank I'm you. So not sorry. Odell. All black people don't look alike either, Alex. But go ahead. But I'm just so enraptured by this good-looking movie star sitting across the table from Who people refer to as the N-word, but you can't refer to him as the N-word. Because it's interesting. You're hypocritical because I accepted it from my friend, and we just kept rolling with the conversation. But if you said it, that will stop the conversation. I know, Alex. I know. Listen to the audience. I know. You're right. I I know you're right, but just because you're right don't mean I'm wrong. Okay, we would do all the business of the chicken farm, and Burnell McLaughlin would come around, and he was not a person of money, I could tell, but he would always come, and he would help us pull corn because he, he liked hanging out with my dad and me. And I had some old guitar there, and he showed me blues licks that I play to this day. But here's the thing. I respected Burnell McLaughlin because he just carried himself in such a way that not only was it impressive, frankly, it was inspiring. Now, here's a man that I don't know his story, and I know he's long since gone to be with the Lord because last time I saw him was at my dad's funeral many years ago. But Burnell McLaughlin, and if by some miracle he's still living, I surely would love to see him again. I should look for him. But he was a man who knew who he was. He was a man that was probably on the lower socioeconomic scale. Okay. But my dad and he shared stories about being in the war. My, he would come and help us pull corn. He would come when we had a cookout. He came to the farm. Front yard or backyard? Uh, well, everything was the backyard because <laughs> it was a 35-acre farm. But... Um, It's a beautiful thing when people are confident. And you know what? Confidence doesn't have to do with amount of money. Confidence doesn't necessarily have to do with where you live. And it's a beautiful thing. I think about Burnell, and here's a man that probably along the journey was subjected to that Mm N-word, but it didn't break him. Gotcha. You know? You know, it's interesting, and I ask this question, not like you're in a witness stand, but for understanding. Sometimes when you think about black people using the N-word and white people using the N-word, the meaning for blacks, what it means for blacks, and it hurts, and the meaning what it means for whites. Is it used as a adjective or adverb or a noun? How is it used? And think about this. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but this is just a thought. Does white people look at black people and categorize us as this is a good black person and that's an in black person? Or do black people just say a George Floyd? Do some people look at George Floyd as being a in not a black person, because I've heard people I've walked up on people and they use the N word or I slip out. And they say, but I don't mean you, Odell. Mm. And it's like. I'm talking about black people. I'm talking about the negative. I'm talking about in how they describe as an adjective. He's an in or maybe he's an a noun. That's a noun. But not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about people like you. 
So the, the black to white people separate us that he's an in and the other one is a good black person or a black person. Because maybe, Alex, maybe if white people look at us like that and they have a definition for the N word, maybe just maybe the definition is part of the not understanding how can you use a word that me as a white person define as such negative and you use the word, but you don't take the same definition or the same meaning for my word because people are like, Odell, I hate being around ends, but not you. So how can you look at me as like, but you're not an end, but that black person there next to you is an end. That's how I look at it because we don't want to make light of the N word and black people using the N word. And I would say as black people, we don't use the same definition as the N word mm. that white people assign the definition of the N word to us. So that's how my guy can say, Odell, you my N word. And I'm like, down, you know, good. You know, and and that's the only thing I can say to the audience, because other than that, we have nothing. And because we want to have something, we talk about it. And that's how I could try to explain it. Your thoughts, my friend. Well, I hope we can get to the point where the words we use would be words like colleague, friend, brother, neighbor. You know, among the white people, other than that time, that stockbroker in Charlotte invited me to a KKK meeting. And I nearly ran into a telephone pole. And I let me tell you, I tore into that guy. Now, every time you tell that story, it's like a fish story. It gets longer and longer and longer. Well, but I love you. Now it's a telephone it, pole. But I get it. We no, get it. I pulled over. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. But at my point being, I know to a degree why blacks are frustrated with America. But it's not the N-word. It's do you love this country or don't you? That's the line of demarcation. But but I say no, though. I say no, because it's not I love my wife. My wife loves me. But we can find fault in what we love. And doesn't mean yes or no, because I think some of it is setting us up for failure when you say either you love it or you hate it. And what people have pit Black Lives Matters as Black Lives Matter is some racist terrorist group and everything else. And Black Lives Matter is saying Black Lives Matter in the the whole other thing is, well, if Black Lives Matter, why abortion, all this kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about that one day, too, because I know you're ready to jump on that. Unborn you, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I get it. I know you're going to get that in. Going to get that. You know, let, me, let me tell you what I want to get in. Okay. I want to say thank you, Alex, for us sitting here and talking about the N-word. I mean, think, think about that. Think about it. Days after the verdict, we're sitting here having a civil conversation about the N-word and people actually listening to us. What do you think about that? I think we need to remember the, the, the H word that we're all human beings made by God, made in God's image. And therefore, every person has worth and value and dignity. Alex, I love doing this show with you because, I mean, we, we deal with stuff, man. We deal with stuff that I don't even think we'd be dealing with. But I hear you, brother. I hear you, Odell. And folks, we appreciate you listening. Uh, We just want to say to each and every one of you, God bless you and God be with you. Thank you for listening. You can go to I hear you, Y-A, I hear you dot show. And please share this with your friends. And let's keep on talking and we'll hear each other 